illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how are you doing tonight? You know, doing okay. Yeah, had had to had to work for a few hours. Went out for Mexican food tonight. Nice. And uh, you know, life's pretty good. Nice. It's always pretty good after a beaver win. It it is actually really good, and it was it was a good beaver win. You know, sometimes you like a little bit more of a of a tighter game, but I don't like them too tight. I've had to live through too many of those. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so nice to have a loose one, even though the fourth quarter was uh, a little uh, anticlimactic. Exactly. The, you start seeing the stadium clear out. You know, we never leave early. The only time you leave early is if you have to go work. Yeah. But uh, we, we always stay through. It's like a Marvel movie. We stay through the credits. Well, so, I've sat through too many where they got the crap kicked out of them. Or you have those moments where something. Well, exactly. You sit through. You, you, you got to support them through good and bad. And then you have games like Stanford, which it shouldn't shut the TV off so early. Exactly. I sat so, through that one. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, how was your day, Billy? Anything exciting going on? Nope. Nope. Finally slept last night. I was pretty destroyed after we got home. Yeah, I went uh, over to mom and dad's house this morning. I was a little bit late, but uh, we we did our our voting. Oh, nice. So we we kind of vote by committee. Mm -hmm. So got all that done. And uh, it sure is disappointing having to pick through a bunch of turds, you know? (laughs) It is. It is. It is. Anyway, uh, so where are we starting today, Billy? Well, I want to remind everyone the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting and funny every week. If you'd like to talk with us, there's a couple different ways. HeinrichTailgator gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most other podcatchers, and tell your friends about us. We don't think we're too bad. Tell a friend. Yeah. So. Uh, actually, uh, Jess was having, she admitted this to me, was having somebody at work listen to the podcast. And she goes, you guys keep making your intro longer. And I was like, you know, when Beej and I are just BSing back and forth, or do you mean like the actual musical intro? She goes, the musical intro. I'm like, I've never changed it. It's been the same intro since day one. Yeah. Is it a little long? Yeah, but I love all the Beaver uh, – Replays in it. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and you know, and that's what she said. It's a little long. Yeah. That's so. what happens. <laughs> All right, Beach. We're going to start off with some listener email today. Uh, a listener email or multiple listener email? Well, email. listener Sully sent us an email. 
We've never heard from Sully before. Yes, we have. We? Yes, Chris oh, have Sullivan. We? Yeah, Chris Sully oh. Sullivan. Okay, okay. Yeah, and he said, great show this week, boys. Love the Mike Hass throwback. Yeah, it was awesome. It was good, yeah. So, well, who was – there was a uh, Beaver there at the game this week um, that they celebrated. What wasn't, wasn't there? I don't remember what you're talking about. Oh, I thought during the game they didn't they go with a family. Was was there another family? A guy oh, that Roy uh, Shooning, yeah, Roy Shooning was there. There yeah. we go. There yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem is I listened to Bark Parker's broadcast on the radio while we're sitting there, and he also talking uh, talked to uh, Jason Jean Baptiste, who played back oh, okay. in the early two thousands too. So I'm I, like, I, I recognize don't re- the name. I remember them talking to him on the radio, but I don't remember him celebrating him. But yeah, you're right, uh, Roy Shooning. Yeah, offensive lineman yeah. from Pendleton was there. Cool. We also so, got another email. Ooh, multiple emails. Ooh. Yes. From listener Dano. Ooh, what's Dano have to say? Dano says, here's what impressed me about the game Saturday night. The commitment to the run and the back-to-back thousand-plus rushing games from Damian Martinez. All the more better are the three TDs with no fumbles. The defense continues to be aggressive without being sloppy. Good teams are supposed to go out and put teams with inferior talent away early. I think this win solidified the fact that the Beavers are a good football team. Martinez looked phenomenal. Yep, I agree. But we will so, get into more of that when we discuss oh, the game a little bit later. Sorry, I always jump the gun. I know you do. Anyways, so great. Thanks for the emails, guys. Please send us more. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. All right. Ready to talk some Beaver sports news? Let's do it. But please tell me that nothing ends in a tie. Well, Beans, let's start with some women's volleyball. Well, that never ends in a win or a tie. Returning to Gill Coliseum for the first time in 19 days, the Beavs made sure to put on a show for the home fans with their best offensive performance of the season, defeating Colorado in four sets on Friday night. Holy crap. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yep. On a night where she needed just 30 assists to reach a 4,000 career assist milestone, graduate transfer Ina Baliuko matched an Oregon State high, dished out the third most assists in a match in her career, and distributed 50 or more assists for the seventh time in her career, finishing the victory with 53 assists to help guide Oregon State to a season-best match, 69 kills. That was pretty good. Cool. Okay. Well, Beach. then on Sunday at Gill Coliseum, Oregon State took on Utah, but was unable to overcome slow hitting, falling in three sets. It's kind of what happens. Yep. So um, Oregon State is now seven and thirteen overall, two and eight in the Pac-12, and they return to the road for a pair of matches next weekend, beginning with Arizona State on Friday. Okay. On to women's soccer. We saw this, the the soccer gals practicing on uh, Saturday before the uh, before the game. Correct. So, Beach, how uh, they how they uh, how they do? Well, Beach, on Thursday night, Cal took a two zero win over the Oregon State women's soccer team in their penultimate home match of the twenty two of the twenty twenty two season. Then on Sunday, which was Senior Day for Oregon State, after a hard fought first half. Number seven Stanford Cardinal used a trio of second half goals to spoil senior day for Oregon State three to nothing. Son of a gun. So the Beavs are now four, nine, and three on the season, oh seven and one in the Pac twelve, and they'll continue the season on Thursday against Arizona. Kickoff from Tucson is slated for six PM. Okay. And finally, Beach, we've got some men's soccer news. Okay. The Oregon State men's soccer team battled number one Washington to a 1-1 draw Friday evening in a hard-fought match at Lorenz Field in Corvallis. Mohamed Tham... What, what do we call a draw, Billy? What, what, what do we call a draw? A tie. A freaking tie. <laughs> <laughs> Mohamed Tham found the net for the Beavs, giving Oregon State the lead in the 22nd minute, but the Huskies leveled the contest off of a corner kick in the 84th to split the points for the game. Now, the contest marked the third straight that, uh, that Oregon State has gotten a result against a top-10 team as the Beavs 
tied with number five Stanford on October 9th, defeated number six Portland on October 15th, and then obviously tied number one Washington on the other day. Now, Oregon State, who is now 5-3-4 overall, 1-1-3 in the Pac-12, will hit the road next week for a matchup with Stanford on Thursday. Okay. So the Beefs aren't bad, but they're just not getting some of the lucky breaks they got last year. And obviously they lost, some, yeah. they lost a lot of players off that team. So, Well, that sucks. It does suck. Oh, hey, Billy. Yes, Beach. Do you hear that? I do. I do. So, it's all printing up going here. Hold on, hold on. I have a feeling this one's going to be a good one. Ooh. Rip that bitch. Okay, Billy. This just in. A pub in Eugene has been chastised on social media for casting an 11-year-old girl as a drag performer in an upcoming show. Old Nick's Pub shared a Facebook post with a series of pictures announcing an event at their brunch show that will feature drag performer Vanellope Craving 11, whose real name is Hanelin Engelson, with the girl wearing makeup and a costume. I think the term girl is... uh, loosely given in this perspective the child's mother also loosely given in this perspective sunshine ray mcpherson whose real name is jennifer hicks is also a drag performer and says her daughter has the support of the lgbtq community vanellope has previously performed for the show and public venmo transactions indicate that a number of adults have paid or tipped vanellope for her previous performances Furious online users have called the show child abuse and questioned while Child Protective Services is not yet involved, reported the Daily Mail. In the Facebook post, the pub wrote, Are you excited for Drag Queen Storytime Brunch this Sunday morning? Well, let's meet our performers. Vanellope is here to show you what an 11-year-old drag queen can do. With all the charm and sweetness of a bowl of sugary cereal, Vanellope is here to brighten up your morning with her drag talent. It all boils down to fundamental misogyny, Old Nick's pub said. We have limited our comments because many of them were becoming volatile, violent, and disgusting. I guess we all have different views of what disgusting is. In unrelated news, the University of Oregon football players were told to cancel all brunch plans on Sunday morning as there would be a two-hour team meeting followed by a three-hour practice and a long, cold shower. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, um, so I, I actually looked this up, and and what was her name? Vanellope Craving? Ben- yes. Okay. She is actually considered a bio queen. But is she not a he, though? No, she's a little girl. Oh, she is a little girl. She is a little girl. So she's a little girl dressing up like a little girl. She's a little girl dressing up like a man, dressing up like the worst version of a female there is. Okay, and her mom and her mom is her dad. No, I don't know about that part. Okay, but 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 she is she is a she is a female. Yeah, okay. I I just I yeah that, that's funny. That's funny. I the whole thing about little kid. I don't understand drag performances. Uh, you know, I always tell people I'm open to anything, right? You want, you want to invite me to something? I will yeah. go, with the exception of drag things. I don't like that. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't find them. Like I said, it looks like a dude dressing up like a yeah. caricatured version of a female. Yeah, I, I don't find it. I don't find it funny yeah. or enjoyable. I, it just kind of grosses me out. Yeah, it just I don't have no. I have no. I don't care. Yeah, it's like I, I had a friend go. I said, I don't want to go this like, oh, you're just, I'm like, okay, tell you what, before I go to that, why don't you go to a football game with me? <laughs> and they were like, well, I don't like football. Oh, oh, why not? It's a great game. Well, they're like, okay, point taken. I'm like, it's not something I enjoy. I don't see the point in it. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, but my problem with that whole thing is if, whether it's a little boy or a little girl, they talk about over-sexualizing young kids. Mm-hmm. And then they do this, and it's like, well, what the hell do you think this is? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, anyways, but now we're getting too heavy for illegal participation. We don't want to go down. That's a, a little heavy, but I thought, uh, yeah, great <laughs> but, update from Eugene Beach. Thanks, Billy. I thought it was a good one, too. Uh, it was It was funny. I like the premise heavy, the carry through funny. <laughs> right, right, right. That part was funny. But then we got to clean uh-huh. it up a little bit, right? Right uh-huh. there. And now uh-huh. we're going to move on. All right, moving okay, on. Okay, moving on. All right. All right, Beach. Well, <laughs> after that, and after Dano's email, are you ready to go under further review for week number eight in the Pac-12, or is that week number nine? After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. Um, that was week eight. That was week eight. That was week eight. Okay. I, yes, I am excited. Let's do this, Billy. All right, Beach. Going into this week, uh, what were the standings? You and I were at 35 out of 49. Mm-hmm. Kyle was at 33 out of 49. Mm-hmm. And we just had four games we picked this week. All right. Oh, and we had someone ask us, uh, Devin at the thing asked us, I don't know who Kyle is, but I hate him too. <laughs> we, we, all, we, we all hate you, Kyle. But uh, uh, Kyle's a friend of mine. He uh, worked for me. Uh, when he was going to college and we've just been friends ever since. And he's a good guy. And back when we started the podcast 11 years ago, he was like the first guy to email in. Is and, that what it was? Yeah. He, he messaged me and, and he would kind of go off. And then, so we just started like, Oh, you think you're so smart? Why don't you pick with us? So it's just kind of carried <laughs> on from there. And he's always good for a laugh or two. Absolutely. And, and we hate him. So we, oh, and Jess we, just, we, maybe we should start a website up, like IHateKyle.com. Well, and Jess just messaged me, which you all heard on my computer, because when she does that, it, it, it's recorded by the computer. But that was her telling me that she's, uh, quote, or she's um, hashtag Team Monica, who's Kyle's wife. And, yes, we do like Monica a lot better than we like Kyle. Yes. Because we hate Monica Kyle. Got me a, yeah, Monica got me a Christmas gift last year. She did? She bought me a book. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, Monica. My, yeah, but anyways, they're 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 great people. They live out in Utah, and and it was funny because I remember one of the first times uh, we were talking about Kyle. You were like, "What does Kyle do that he has time to listen to us?" And I'm like, "Well, he works for the Forester, so it means he sits in his truck, drives around, and counts trees." And the next email I got back from him, he goes, "Oh my God, when I when you said that when I was listening to it, I was in a truck." driving around counting trees and i go i know because you work for the forest service and that's what you do but anyways all right so uh, we're going under further review for week number eight in the pack 12 every game was on saturday october 22nd we had a bunch of bye weeks so there was only four games this week three of which we did picks on um first up beach we had ucla at oregon and oh shoot where's my list we uh i picked ucla i thought kyle picked ucla and i thought you picked oregon does that sound right that is correct and that didn't work out too well for kyle and i did well oregon quarterback bo Nix threw for 283 yards and five touchdowns and number 10 oregon handed number nine ucla its first loss of the season with a 45 to 30 victory saturday in a highly anticipated showdown for the top of the Pac-12 standings. Now, Nick's completed 21 of 28 passes against the Bruins. His favorite target on Saturday was Troy Franklin, who had eight catches for 132 yards and two scores. Now, for UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who was completing nearly 75% of his passes coming into the game, threw for 262 yards, two TDs, and an interception. Zach Charbonnet also rushed for 151 yards in the score. Now, Beach, the Ducks went up 10-3 early in the second quarter on Nix's 17-yard TD pass to Terrence Ferguson. UCLA answered with Thompson Robinson's 36-yard scoring pass to Keegan Jones. Franklin mm-hmm. then caught a 51-yard scoring pass from Nix to put the Ducks back in front. Oregon, then on the ensuing kickoff, recovered an onside kick and went on to extend its lead with Jordan James's two-yard touchdown carry. And after that, Oregon just kind of ran away with it until the Bruins scored two late touchdowns. Is that I, I saw the Bruins went up towards the end. I didn't know if they put in their second string or uh, uh, if Oregon put in their second string or, no. or how that. No, out. but but they were they were on a little bit of a coasting mission at that point. It was more more using clock than worrying about scoring. Gotcha, it's just it's gotcha. just it's just interesting that that's how um Oregon with that onside kick being so aggressive and um after the game uh I saw uh 
uh, Oregon's coach, Lanning, he said that uh, they'd noticed something that UCLA was doing in their return that they thought they might be able to exploit. And after one of the kicks, they saw it again. And they're like, okay, we're going to do this. And it was actually an onside kick that they'd been practicing all week. And Really? Yep, they'd been practicing it. And they actually said reporters had seen it. And they told all of them, do not talk about this. And if you do, you will never be able to come to another practice again. Wow. And so I guess they all kept their mouth shut, which I appreciate. You know, yeah, I yeah. Appreciate I mean, that. that. That's part of the, that's part of the game. Yeah, well, it's part so, of the, that's part of the access. You get the access. You keep your mouth shut on some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I don't like the sons of bitches, but I totally uh, agree with that policy. Yeah, yeah. And so they exploited it. But it's just interesting because a lot of people don't remember that's kind of what how Kelly got started at Oregon. You know, that first year, um, I think I think they're playing at. Otson and Stanford was there. They were ranked number nine and uh, Oregon had scored. I think to tie Stanford earlier in the game mm-hmm. and the very next play on the kickoff, they kicked it onside and recovered it. And then it was just off to the races. And that's kind of what kick started Kelly's career. And it's just interesting that that's what killed his undefeated <laughs> season right now was an onside kick. You know, you got to say one thing. He has turned that. Uh, he has turned UCLA around. Over what? How long has he been down there now? Three or four years? Oh shoot! I think it's longer than that. Has it? Yeah, I want to say it's five or six. Let me see. Has it been that long? He's been there at least as long as. Uh, I think he's been there since at least 2018, which is when. Yeah, 2018. Okay. Because he he so, was there he was there in 2018 when uh, the same year uh, Jonathan Smith started. So this is only his fifth year. Yeah. But anyways. All right, Beach. So I got the win there. You guys didn't. Up next, we had Arizona State at Stanford. Arizona State at Stanford. Ooh. This one we did. Oh, sh- nope. nope. Uh, looks like you took ASU and Kyle and I both took Stanford. Yes, Beach. Stanford kicker Joshua Carty kicked five field goals, lifting Stanford to a come-from-behind win 15-14 over Arizona State in the homecoming game on Saturday afternoon. Now, Carty's five field goals tied the all-time single-game record for the Cardinal, who snapped a school-record 10-game conference losing streak. Stanford had not won a game against a Pac-12 opponent since it beat Oregon last year on October 2nd, 31-24. Now, Arizona State's Emory Jones was 15 of 25 passing, but Stanford's pass defense, which entered Saturday ranked second in the conference, surrendering just 212.3 yards per game, held Arizona State to 227 receiving yards. I didn't realize that they had that strong of a, of a defense. Yeah, their, def- their pass defense has been playing pretty well. They just huh. haven't really moved the ball very very well offensively. Cool. All right, so you and Kyle got the win there. Damn right, Kyle and I did. All right, last up that we picked, Washington at Cal. Ooh, I think, uh, well, ooh, no. You and I picked Washington, but uh, Kyle evidently had a moment of, uh, uh, I was going to say it's not, what's the opposite of clarity? Ignorance? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) A moment of complete and utter stupidity. (laughs) Exactly. There we go. That's that's what it was. All right. Sucks to be Kyle. <laughs> Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. threw a go-ahead 14-yard TD pass to Jalen McMillan early in the fourth quarter to lead Washington past Cal 28-21 on Saturday. Now, Penix threw for 374 yards and two TDs for his eighth straight 300-yard passing game to help the Huskies win their first road game of the season. Washington also became bowl-eligible after winning only four games last season. Now, Penix leads the nation with 2,934 yards passing the season and has thrown no interceptions on 95 passes the last two weeks. Now, for Cal, quarterback Jack Plummer threw three TD passes in the second half for the Golden Bears, but it wasn't enough to prevent Cal from losing its third straight game. Now, Plummer, who threw two TD passes um, in the third quarter, got Cal within 28-21 to with an eight-yard strike to Maven Anderson on fourth down with 6-11 to play. But Cal failed to get a first down on its final two drives and came up short at the end. 
Wow. Yeah, this is just interesting because this is the Bees' next two opponents. They play Washington and yeah. they play Cal. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting against both of them. I think Washington. I don't know when when was the last time we beat the Huskies? Last year. Oh, did we beat them last year? Yeah, at home. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry, I forgot about that. So. Because we just we struggle against. I mean, I, again, it was well. We had an eight-year drought against the uh, the Cougs, right? Uh, seven, yeah. Okay, so it's going to be. I, you know, I we can't overlook any of them. I mean, I mean, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> cool. All right. Well, so what about the last game in the pack? Uh, in well, the pack Beach, ball, let, let's say uh, after all this. So you and I picked up two wins. Kyle only picked up one. Falling back behind Kyle. So Kyle is now 34 out of 52, and you and I are at 37 out of 52. Okay. All right, Beach, that last game, Colorado at Oregon State. Well, that was a good game, Billy. It was a good game. (laughs) Oregon State running back Damian Martinez ran for a career-high 178 yards and three touchdowns, and Oregon State's defense turned into another strong performance Saturday night in a 42-9 victory over Colorado. Now, the Beavs have won three straight games and are bowl eligible for the second year in a row after ending a seven-year bowl hiatus last season. Colorado, playing its second game under interim head coach Mike Sanford, was unable to build off the momentum of last week's overtime victory against Cal. Oregon State extended a 21-3 halftime lead to 28-3 on a 60-yard TD pass from Ben Gilbranson to tight end Jack Velling on the opening drive of the third quarter. On Colorado's first offensive play of the second half after that touchdown, J.T. Shrout's pass intended for tight end Brady Russell was intercepted by cornerback Alex Austin and returned 42 yards for a TD. The pick six gave the Bees a 35-3 advantage. Now in the game, Beach, Oregon State amassed 472 total yards of offense, including 270 on the ground. Wow. Yeah, we they offense was, was looking good. There was that... Uh, uh, one beautiful pass, uh, Jack, what's his name? Velling. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that pass. That was, that was, that was a great pass. Great pass. And then, <laughs> then shook off the guy trying to make the tackle and went in the end. Exactly. Exactly. Just kept going. Yeah, no. So put, I, put on the afterburners. I think the beast played pretty damn well. I, you know, I, <clears throat> yeah, I just wish we had the USC game back. Well, yeah, we all do, but I'm just saying, um, I I liked uh, I liked the offense. I liked more running the ball. Mm-hmm, absolutely, you know, you're you're punching them in the mouth every time you you hand the ball off. So keep doing it. Uh, I liked uh, I liked how Martinez is running. You know, he reminds reminds me a lot of Jamar Jefferson, but I think he's a little bit more physical. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more willing to drop his shoulder. Now it it'll be interesting to see if. He's got that kind of second gear that Jamar had, because mm-hmm. Jamar had that second gear. But Martinez can move. I mean, he hits that hole and he goes, which is a little different than um, like Fennec, who tends just to be a more of a, a, a you know a bruising kind of running back who will run through people. Mm-hmm. And you know, and Jam yeah. Griffin looked great too. Well, you know, and I, I love the fact that we got so many uh, so many uh, bullets in the gun. I, I agree. I agree. I and mean, it, that, that to me always makes you better than when you have one guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I always just go back to when we've had really those star running backs where I just feel like once they get notoriety, then they get keyed keyed on. Well, yeah. And if you've got two or three different guys, they're, then they're, they're always fresh. Yeah. I mean, heck, if you want a good thing of that, look at Oregon state's defensive line. They rotate about 10 guys in. I, yeah, I noticed that all the time. All the time. I more, rotation, more rotation now than I've ever seen in the past. Well, and one, you got it means you've got great depth, right? Mm-hmm. And it means those guys who are always big guys chasing down, you know, quarterbacks and that kind of stuff, they're always fresh. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that with an offensive line because you really need cohesion. You need those guys knowing what the other guy's doing. Yeah. You, you rarely see you, – you never see, like, offensive linemen that get that – get, uh, subbed out for each other. But when you could do that with a defense and go that many deep, oh man, you're going to keep guys fresh and, uh, and and playing hard every play. And as yeah. the offensive guy, you got to hate that because you always got a guy who's rested coming at you. You know? I'm just saying. Absolutely. Yeah, so. 
no, like I said, I thought I thought it was great. Um, there was one bad pass by Gil Branson that got overturned. It was interception that got overturned because the ball hit the ground, mm-hmm. which and that was going to Velling. And I don't know if Velling ran the wrong route or if Gil Branson threw the wrong route or if they both didn't read the same thing. Mm-hmm. But that was a bad pass. Yeah. But other than that, Gil Branson did a pretty good job with the ball. Other than one of their first plays from off the offensive, uh, their first play from scrimmage, when they tried that jet sweep to Irish, and they fumbled it. Because if you watch that, I don't know whose fault it was. I don't know if Irish didn't know he was getting the ball, or if it, it, Gil Branson was too slow getting the ball to him, or what. But, but, but that, like, that, he threw it to he almost like he threw it to nobody that, at that, that point. That play his had, hands were his hands were right ready to catch it. That's exactly. For sure. That play had no chance of of working. Not the way it was I being sh- run. You know, I sure appreciate that new uh, jumbotron at at research. Oh, isn't it gorgeous? It, it's it it is awesome. I you know sometimes I just wish uh, the only thing I wish is we'd occasionally get a few more replays on it after the uh, after the downs. I agree. I so, agree. because I, I don't so, sometimes like damn I want to see that one again. Yeah. You know, and and they they do it. I don't know. It feels like we're only getting maybe about twenty five percent of the time. Yeah. We're we're getting to be able to re uh, rewatch the play. Yeah. So. Anyway, all right, Billy. Well, what's what's well, next on the itinerary? Uh, well, Beach, let's let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls after last Ooh. week's games. Yeah, so, I, I I saw this on my newsfeed today. So in the AP poll, Oregon moved up two spots to number eight. USC mm-hmm. moved up a couple spots, number ten. UCLA fell a few spots, number twelve, and Utah checks in at fourteen. Now, in the others receiving votes category, Oregon State ends up. And what would have been 28th spot with 25 points. That's I heard. That's what I heard today was 28th spot. Yep. And then not far behind them was Washington. You know that that's that's pretty darn respectable, and yep. that's going to make that Washington game an interesting game. Yep. And in the USA Today coaches poll, Oregon's up to number eight, UCLA at 11, Utah at 14, and UCLA. I said USC is at 11, Utah 14. UCLA at 15. And in the others receiving votes category was Washington, followed directly behind by Oregon State, who would have been in 30th spot with 21 points. Mm-hmm. And we're not far away from getting some playoff votes. No. Well, and uh, I'm uh, I'm glad we got a bye week when we do. Oh, it's a good time to heal. Yeah, yeah, I feel uh, – I feel... I, I still am a little irritated because I think Oregon got a very weak schedule overall this year. Well, you look, uh, you look at uh, look at Oregon State; they're at um, uh, six and two. Mm-hmm. You're, you're two thirds of the way through the season, eight games down, four games to go. So I think it's I think they got a good good bye week. Now you're talking about Oregon. Let's look at Oregon's schedule. So, because they don't have to play USC. Okay, well, they opened uh, up with Georgia, who beat the living bejesus out of them. They did mm-hmm. play BYU, who was ranked at the time. So mm-hmm. they don't. BYU's BYU's kind of hit the skids here in the last couple of weeks. True. They don't play USC. Mm-hmm. And but they, they played they, play... they played UCLA, who's undefeated. Do they play Utah though? Yes, they play Utah the game before Civil War. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's good. I thought they got out of Utah for some reason. So I think no. if they didn't they're, go they're, see in Utah, then that's, next, that's a gravy schedule. No, their next schedule, they have at Cal, at Colorado, mm-hmm. home versus Washington, home versus Utah, at Oregon State. Okay. So Washington will be an interesting game, and uh, and then Utah should be hopefully a darn good game. Yeah. So, I, you know, you're going to miss teams. So they miss USC. Beavs miss UCLA this year. Well, that's true. I guess we can't be uh, we can't be too disappointed in that. No. So. So. Anyways, and Beavs, what'd you think of the tailgater? You know, I thought it turned out really, really well. A uh, little, we, we, you know, you gave me crap for the burritos and the and the uh, and the quesadillas, but uh, had we not had the burritos and the quesadilla shells. Uh, some people would have gone without food because we didn't have enough chips. Yeah. You're right. And yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, you know, it wasn't a bad thing. And I, I think some people appreciated the burritos as well. Yeah. So, pork went really well. That was good pork. 
it was great pork. And I thought the chicken turned out really well too. I, I, yeah. I had, I had pork nachos and I had a chicken taco. As oh, nice, 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 nice. Yeah, no, it so, went really well. And a little bit easier for us where we're not constantly cooking. Yeah. And so we're able to uh, visit and, and that kind of stuff more, um, but a lot more I work still, getting ready, but uh, it was good. Yeah. I still have been deep frying a hell of a lot of crap here lately. I've been deep frying more this year than I've ever done in the previous years. Well, I think. and it's funny. People come through and say, Oh, those are my favorite. I got to eat some of those. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, there's my shrimp. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's the Rangoons. I, I just, I enjoy it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we have this stuff. Cause I like to eat it all. And so does beach. Yeah. We, uh, we, we nosh on it in the, during the breakfast time. Cause we get the deep fry up and running and we, we bring out special burritos for those who, uh, who, who start the tailgater, which is pretty much you, me, Greg and Matt. And, um, but uh, then I also burn up some potatoes because I like the jalapeno potatoes. For <laughs> I, <breakfast>. do too. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and then and maybe a taquito or two. Yeah. So, but no, it's, it's, uh, it was a good one. Like I said, lots of visiting. It's just, I think we have a really good, just, I, I like the environment we have. It's what tailgating I, should be. Absolutely. People started coming a little bit earlier this week too. Which I was surprised. Yeah. I yeah, was like, nor- We'll go until four or we're going until four. So I'll start getting the food ready at one, dude. And usually I get ready at one and people start showing up at two, two thirty. There yeah, was people exactly. there right at one. I was like, holy yeah, waiting, waiting for you to put the chicken and the yeah. pork man, the pork down. I was like, holy cow, so, I better get some food going out here. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. So, well, we got to buy a week this week, right? Yes, we do. So we got a we, we got a week to recover. I need one. Yes, uh, and, so do uh, I. I was beat. <laughs> and, and then we got an away game after that. So we're, we're still, uh, we're still three Saturdays away or actually, yeah, three Saturdays away from uh, our next day home tailgate. Yep. So, okay, cool. Well, All right, are we Beach, now, Billy? It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week award. Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And actually there wasn't too much jackassery going on this week. Really? Yeah. Do you not no, have one? Well, no, I, ha- just, I, I, I have one. I have one. I have one. But it's more of like a minor kind of just being dumb. Mm-hmm. But but we'll give it to him anyway. Um, and it's just how I feel. It's dumb. I mean, the whole situation's dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's dumb on about every side of it. But we'll get into it here. But I, I but we're, we're calling it the jackass. But it's it's not the jackassery was kind of light. Okay. Okay. So Beach, Alabama coach Nick Saban said he had reason not to suspend receiver Jermaine Burton from Saturday's game against Mississippi State after video surfaced that appeared to show Burton strike a woman who stormed the field when Tennessee beat the Crimson Tide last week at Nayland Stadium. But what that reason was, Saban would not say. Saban said <laughs> Because the reason is because he's too good of a player and we can't afford to lose him. Saban said, quote I didn't think it was necessary to suspend the guy. If you knew the whole story, maybe you wouldn't either, but I'm not going to divulge that. Now, Burton had two catches for 40 yards as number six Alabama beat number 24 Mississippi State 30-6. Now, afterwards, Saban was asked what went into his decision to not sit the former Georgia transfer. Saban told reporters, look, I don't know how many of you have been in a situation like that, but I talked to Burton. He was scared. I was scared. Some of our other players were scared. And then he added, I think you learn to respect other people because we have a responsibility to do that regardless of the circumstance that we're in. So he, he decked a woman and we're celebrating that? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what. He was scared of a woman while he was wearing his football. Uh... I, I don't know what that meant by what Saban said, but that's what he said. Now, earlier in the week, Saban said the team was gathering information after a video on social media appeared to show Burton striking a female fan who rushed the field at Tennessee. Emily Isaacs posted the video on TikTok with the comment, Jermaine Burton smacking me in the head while walking past him after the loss Saturday with a, with a, you know, I, with a thumbs up emoji and a quote or a, and a hashtag ouch. Now Tennessee, Tennessee, which won the game 52 to 49 and broke a 15 game losing streak to Alabama was fined a hundred thousand dollars by the SEC for its second violation of the league's field access policy. Saban said that Burton is in a counseling program. Saban said, quote, it's not an anger management program as people announced today. Nobody ever said that. That's not the problem. That's not the issue. It's about having the proper respect for other people. This beats, this is why I say this whole thing is dumb. It's dumb on every side. I, I right? just feel like, like everything is, 
is marketed and staged anymore. There's no truth. I mean, you know, they're always like, they're always like, oh, it's my truth. It's my truth. Like there is no freaking truth anymore. Yeah. Everything is spun or marketed or tried to sold to the public and yeah. everything's a freaking lie. Well, and so I, you I, know, I tried to get vid the video. I, I looked for it and you can kind of see it. And she's like walking by him and he kind of sticks his right arm out. And I, I can't tell if he smacks from the, he looks like he smacks from the top of the head. What was it? Does it look intentional? Or was, I guess it's hard to, towards him? it's hard to not really. I mean, if it's from her phone, it's not her phone. It's, 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 oh. it's from away. So you're so looking somebody at gave, it. Somebody gave this to her or she found the video of it or something. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're wanting to, if this stuff is staged, you know, I, I don't think it, it was staged, but it's just, it's yeah, dumb, but, right? But, Should, you, but you have these, you have these, these TikTok stars and, and social influencers and also looking this for clickbait. I know. And you just wonder how much is real anymore or how much is just clickbait. And, you know, one of the things is maybe we need to stop clicking because I'm just I'm fed up with this BS. Well, and so I watched the video and it looks like he hits her maybe in the top of the head or I, I can't tell. But afterwards, you can see her stop and grab the top of her head. But it's not mm -hmm. like he punches her. It's not like that at all. It's not like he like, you know, it is it, it, not like he clocked her. No, no. And so you're like, well, what the hell was he doing? I, I don't know. I can imagine he was frustrated. They lost. She was probably mm -hmm. walking by, might have said something to him, or you know, was looking the other way, and he just slapped her on top of head. I guess I don't know. And, was and that? I mean, she's with the and she's with the opposite team, not his team. Exactly, I'm assuming, I'm exactly, assuming. exactly. Yeah, she's yeah. a Tennessee fan, so, so she has a vested interest not to make him look good. Well, yeah, um, but anyway, so should he have done it? No, she shouldn't have been on the goddamn field. Mm hmm. You know. And if you're on the field, Absolutely. stay away from the opposing players. Now, Oregon State lets you go out there, but they wait for you're not allowed to go out there until the opposing they players ask, have left. They correct? ask you to wait until the until the field's been cleared, and then they yeah. give you the okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and, which, but, which is, is reasonable. You you can understand. I mean, I'm not a guy who goes down on the on the field. I just don't think it's necessary. No, I I feel the celebration is for the team, and we and the fan we the fans can celebrate in the stands. I agree, but. If you are one of those people that feel you need to be down there and slapping the guys on the, on the top of the shoulder pads and thanking them for a great game, then, you know, so be it. But there there shouldn't be any of the opposing team or, honestly, the faculty out there. Yeah. Well, and so, so dumb on Burton's part, dumb on her part, and mm -hmm. dumb on Saban's part. I mean, what did that, you know, word salad even mean? He said nothing. I don't know. I, that's words, 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 words. Is all and, and, it, and it's nothing. Nothing. Right. Yeah. And just say we played really hard out there. It's a great game. <laughs> all you say is, you know what? It's an internal personnel matter. We're, we're dealing with it. Yeah. And almost, honestly, that that's to me is more truthful than anything. Yeah. Um, than, than to go into details. And, and you know, again, maybe they know more than, than, than they're letting on. And, and sometimes it's not worth getting into the battle with the media over what is actual and what is perceived. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here, you're better off just, you know, remember when we had the double, uh, what was it? The, the super extra special double suspension at yep. Oregon for one of their players. Yeah. It was good yep. times. Yep. Um, so that's why I said the whole thing, every side of it, just dumb. So anyways, so Jermaine Burton, Nick Saban and fan Emily Isaacs, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the week. Anyways, like I said, it was just dumb. Well, hopefully the more, she the more I read about it, I was just like, this is dumb. Uh, maybe she got quite a few clicks. Maybe she made a couple of bucks. Yeah. So. I don't download TikTok. No, I don't either. The so. Chinese, it's a freaking communist. They're just taking data from us. I mean, honestly. I, It was funny. I was telling my employees that the other day. I'm like, I won't download that one. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, I don't trust the Chinese government. I, who does? I, I, I barely trust our government. I don't I don't even trust them. I, I, sure I sure as hell don't trust them. And you... Well, it's not the Chinese government. It's an outside company. Sure, it's an outside well, company. Yeah, it's a communist country. Yeah. Any any outside companies are owned by people who are in the communist party. Exactly. And I mean, and don't me that that uh, yeah. You're looking at videos on your phone that has a camera pointing right at you. Exactly. Where they they know where you're at, they know where you go. They they know again, what your face looks like. Yeah, it's like freaking Santa Claus with, a, with an 
anger management issue. Yeah, anyway. um, <laughs> what that anger management is, that's pretty good. All right, Beach, let's move on to the musical interlude of the week. So I, I, I was thinking really hard about this one because, I, you know, I, I try to find songs that not only that I like, I wanted to find a song that we have to pick fire in it, but something that was a little bit more unique. Anyway, I, I really like this song. It's actually uh, from the movie La La Land. Did you ever see that movie, Billy? No. I didn't think you would. It's a little gay part of me coming out when I watch that. But anyway, uh, so anyway, this song was co-written and recorded by John Legend for the musical movie. The singer also served as one of the executive producers for the film and plays a successful mainstream jazz band leader named Keith. Ryan Gosling stars as a jazz traditionalist named Sebastian. Uh, so it kind of shows you their contrast there. Anyway, uh, Legend penned the song with British songwriter Marius DeVries. Uh, when asked what instruction the director, Damien Chazelle, gave for the tune, uh, Legend replied, The main instruction was to make it a fun song that you can see as a single that still has some jazz influence, but could tell that it was leaning in more of a pop direction uh, than most music you would call jazz. And uh, anyway, because uh, what happens in the movie is uh, Sebastian is just a huge jazz traditionalist. But ultimately, he kind of goes a pathway where he finds money and and a little bit of wealth. But uh, he still has his heart on just true traditional jazz. Anyway, love this song. Um, it starts off kind of a little bit slow, uh, just for the few first seconds. And then all of a sudden, it busts into a really great tune. So, uh, And I think what also draws me to it is there's a lot of piano right at the beginning. And I've been really into songs with a lot of piano. Uh, maybe kind of like the Doors feel where there's a lot of um, and even like Billy Joel where the uh, piano kind of dominates the, the song. So here's a song, Start a Fire by John Legend from the movie La La Land. Enjoy. I don't know if it's a beat or something's taking over me And I just know I feel so good tonight I don't know what your name is but I like it I've been thinking about some things I want to try
What'd you think of that movie, Billy? Or what did you think of that song? It was pretty good. It was pretty so, good. I just, yeah, John, I, I, John Legend himself annoys me, but. You, you know, I, I've never even listened to any John Legend songs before in my life. The only reason why I know this song is because I watched La La Land. You know, if you do ever get a chance to watch that movie, one of the most interesting things about it is the first scene of the movie. They're on like an overpass and they start doing this dong, song and dance sequence. And the, the, the coolest part of it, there, there's like, I don't know, maybe 50 cars parked on this, this overpass. There's like a box truck and all these people are, are dancing to the music. And from what I can tell, the camera never cuts. So you got like this whole five minute scene where there's never a cut that like this whole thing with the dancing and the singing is all done together. And I mean, it's jumping over cars. It goes in the box truck uh, rear door opens up and there's guys in there uh, playing and singing. And it's just just an amazing uh, sequence as far as the cinematography goes. The scene was designed to look like a single shot, nearly six minutes long. But in fact, it's three shots stitched together. Oh, really? The two stitches come during whip pan moves, the first at the three-minute mark, the second at the 445 mark. Most of the number was shot by a camera on a crane. Really? There you go. As I was gonna say, there's usually some kind of little way they hide it. Uh, did you ever see the movie... Oh, what's the movie that came out? The war, the World War One movie that came war out of the worlds. I, I no, saw no, that. No, 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 no. The World War One movie that came out a couple years ago. Oh yeah, that one. They they yeah, I saw that, that one. It opening... looks like zero cuts, but there's several. They do cuts, but they're they're very unique. Yeah, yeah. What what was the name of that movie? It was. Uh... I watched it in the theaters. It was it was an interesting. Nineteen Seventeen. There we go. Yeah. Nineteen Seventeen. Yeah. And that first that first opening shot looks like it's one long shot while they're running through the trenches and everything, but there's actually a couple places where they do the cuts. Okay. So. Well, you know, you were also mentioning uh, War of the Worlds in that War of the Worlds movie with uh, Tom Cruise. You mentioned War they, of the Worlds. Well, you were talking World War One, and when you said war, war, you know, World War, I was thinking War of the Worlds. And there's a scene in that one where they they have like Tom Cruise and they're like in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. and the camera shot comes out of the driver's seat, circles around the car, and then comes back into the passenger seat. And I, I remember watching a deal. It was an interview with Tom Cruise or somebody on it or the director. I can't remember. But they were talking. I think it was Industrial Light Magic was the one that did it. Uh-huh. And they said, we can do this with a single cut. And you won't even see it. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, because they like literally go. I mean, it's almost like they go through the through the I want to say they go through the wind through the like the, the window, uh-huh. like literally through the window out around the car and not just like over the hood. But we're talking like way the hell around the car. And then they come back in on the other side. And again, you know, I don't think people realize when you're watching a movie, you know, we're watching the story, we're watching the acting and stuff. But when it comes to some of the cinematography, you know, you got a guy there that says, we could make this awesome shot. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it does nothing really for the storyline. But, and, and a lot of times you're so engrossed in the storyline that you don't even notice it. Well, I think people um, take a lot of that stuff for granted. I, I, I think so too, because I mean, it's just amazing what some of the, what they do. Yeah. So. All right, Beach. Well, it is time now for our week nine picks for the Pac-12. Okay. And Beavs have a bye week. So actually the Beavs and Washington both have a bye week. So we only have five games this week. But we have a Thursday night game. Who's playing Thursday night? Thursday night, October 27th. Utah at Washington State. Ooh, uh, no question in my mind. We are going to go with Utah. Beach is taking Utah. Kyle says, Utah versus Wazoo. The little goats beat up on the Cougars. Utah. Because you said little goats. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Leave me alone. I, too, am going to take Utah. Although Wazoo beating Utah wouldn't be a bad thing. No, no. I would like that, but I don't think that's going to happen. And we always have this conversation. What we want and what we, what we think are two different things. Correct. All right. Our rest of the games are on Saturday, October 29th. Mm -hmm. First up Oregon at Cal. Oregon at Cal. Well, Again, what we want and what we think are two different things. I will pick the worthless pieces of crap from Eugene. 
taking the Ducks. Kyle says, will Cal be able to stop the Ducks? No, Oregon. <laughs> I, too, am taking the puke green and piss yellow. Mm-hmm. If that's what they decide to wear that week, who knows? All yep. right. Next up, USC at Arizona. Uh, USC at Arizona. Going to have to pick the men of Troy. I just don't think the Wildcats got what it takes to win many games in the pack this year. I'm taking SC. Kyle says, hey, anything could happen. Like the Trojans win. It could happen. USC. (laughs) He too has taken SC. Okay. Okay, two games left. The who cares game of the week. Arizona State at Colorado. Oh, we're going to go with Arizona State. Kyle says, which interim coach can motivate their team better coming off disheartening losses? ASU <laughs> ASU just has better players. He's taking ASU. Yeah, I think so too. <sighs> Kyle's not right most of the time, but he's not wrong there. You know, I really liked how Colorado came out and played um, last week against the Bees. I, they had some fire. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Like they're they're not very good, but I I felt they kept trying. They 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 had some yeah I would agree. That little they had st- some passion. That stacks that uh, number twenty one that little uh, brick of a running back they had. Mm-hmm. That dude was uh, just built solid and low to the ground. Was pretty fast and hard to tackle. He was just a good little running back, and he's like a walk on. Um, mm-hmm. Who am I gonna take? I guess I'm going to take ASU. I don't know. I just don't know about that one. All right, Beach, last game. Stanford at UCLA. Stanford at UCLA. I think UCLA will recover from their loss, and I think Bitch Tips, Bitch Tits, Chip Kelly will pull off a win. Kyle says UCLA, but I think it'll be close. What do I do, Beej? Torn on this just, one. Just pick Akla and go with it. Do you think they're going to fall on their face? I, I Stanford's not bad. They've been playing well okay, the last pick couple of weeks. Pick but I just, pick I just, Billy, pick Stanford. I just don't think they have pick the. Stanford. I don't think they have the offense to stick with UCLA. Then pick Akla. Make a choice. I'm going to take UCLA. God, dude. Okay. What's your problem? Oh, you're just worried about your phone dying. I am. All right, there we go. Done for another week. All right, you got any plans this weekend, Beach? Uh, for uh, not, no, not this weekend at all. Um, Jess was looking at the calendar. She's like, "Oh, look at that. We have no plans on Saturday because <laughs> we we have two big. We have a big uh, whiteboard like wipe calendar that we mm-hmm. write down so we know everything that's coming up. If she's got something, if I've got something, if the boys got something, if we're going somewhere, whatever, it's all on there. And uh, I went, oh, and I grabbed the pen and wrote 7 a.m. college game day. <laughs> well, my, mine will be uh, sleeping in since uh, I have to get up at three thirty on uh, home games. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, so sleeping in will be my thing. Yeah, I'll probably sleep in a little bit too, and I'll want to watch game day. But it's kind of nice not having. I, I miss game week, weekends when the bees don't have a game, but mm-hmm. it's a little easier when it occurs later in the season, and it's also easier when it occurs after a win. All right, Beach. Anything else? <laughs> I got uh, I got nothing. I I'm excited for having a bye week. I'm excited for having a upcoming Friday night Seattle game, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I'm I'm happy to be a Beaver. I'm happy to be bowl eligible. Yeah, I, I am too. Um, it's nice not to hear a lot of talk about that. Yeah, you know that yeah. that they're just they're looking on for some bigger and better things. So you know, my goal every year: win more games than you lose. Mm-hmm. So they've won six. They can't lose more than they can't. Worst they can do is six and six. Go mm-hmm. to go to a bowl game. Well, they're now bowl eligible. Um, if they win one more, they should go to a bowl game no matter what. Then uh, I was like, go to the best bowl game you can. So that's what they need to work on now. Absolutely. Just win some more games and go to the best bowl game they can. All right. Any thoughts on on um, have you seen the standings beach of the Pac-12? Are are you just trying to let my phone die here? No, I'm I'm ta- <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm being serious. Um, uh, 
uh, well, I mean, it, well, like you said, we're coming in at 28. So the B, Oregon's well, no, no, I'm talking eight. the standings in the Pac-12. Oh, so what? You got Oregon at number one, USC at number two, UCLA at number three. Uh, so you got, you're yeah, correct. You have Oregon, at, Oregon at four and zero, oh, USC mm-hmm. at four and one, mm-hmm. UCLA and Utah tied at third place for three and one, then Oregon mm-hmm. State and Washington tied in fifth place at three and two. Mm-hmm. So I, there's still a lot of possibilities left, and you know, people are like, "Is there any way the bees can make it to the championship game?" There might be, but at this but point, they, there's, they, there's, they'd have to thread the needle pretty tight. There's four, there's four weeks or five weeks left, and I don't know who would have to beat who to get mm-hmm. there. Um, it'll be a little clearer even after next week, if if that possibility still remains open. Yeah. So, but um, you know, well, you, anything you is sitting on the sidelines watching. Well, my thing is, what you want to do right at this point, just root for anyone above you to take a loss. So, to take a loss, yeah. You know? Well, like I said, I keep hoping Oregon takes – I would love to see Oregon take one loss between us and so between now and Civil War. Yeah. That's, that's really what I'm hoping for. Everything else can go. I just would love to see Oregon take one loss before Civil well, War. Well, and so if you're looking at it, what you want is you want Washington State to beat Utah this week, Cal to beat Oregon, and mm-hmm. Stanford to beat UCLA. Mm-hmm. You know, all three of those teams take a loss. Yeah, absolutely. Arizona, did I say USC? Arizona beat USC? So you'd want Washington State, Cal, and Arizona, and Stanford to all win. So everybody up there takes a loss. And that's, like I said, that's the best way to go about it. Just have them lose every. The chance of all those happening aren't very big. If if you want the Bees to go, that's kind of what you got to hope for right now. All right, Mm Beach, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it, Billy. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 184 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter. Also, check out HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Digital Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, leave a rating and review, and let all your family and friends know. Grab their phone, go into uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, and just subscribe to it. Even if they don't listen to podcasts, just subscribe. This is like a subscriber drive going on right here. Yeah, why not? I mean, we keep getting more people talking about it, so let's get some more people listening. All right, sounds good. All right, Beach, so next week, show number 185. We won't have any Beaver games to talk about, but lots of other stuff to talk about. Absolutely. And hopefully next week you'll have a charged phone. I will, I'm hoping. And I won't have to keep going on like this trying to hope your phone dies. You're an asshole. All right. (laughs) All right, until next week, here's a great big Go Beans. have two things so i think i'm good <laughs> everything else okay. i add li- i know you're gonna be shocked but everything else i add lip did you know that that what that everything else i add lip maybe you should try writing it down <laughs> such a dick <laughs> ready to do it to it like prut used to do it yeah, let's give this a run. Well, Beach, returning to call us. That sounded like a like a Ferris Bueller moment right there. <laughs> Alabama coach Nick Saban said he had no reason not. Um. Hold, hold on one one second, Billy. All right. Why? Hold on. Wow. I'm going to keep this in here. And you guys can listen to how long he puts me on hold for.
I don't know what he's doing. It's kind of creepy. Strangers in the night, exchanging glances. Okay, well, I can hear everything you were saying, but the reason why I was checking is because my phone kept beeping and I'm running out of power. So oh. I'm down to like 11 seconds. It took me a while because my phone was doing all weird shit with my ear. Okay. So, okay. So, anyway, um, so let me start over. Do the Billy. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't so, go. I don't go. <laughs> I go screw like you. Screw, screw you. So, anyway. You're going to say the, so uh, anymore? What? You've said so like 27 times. I'm sorry. I'm going to start calling you singer. F you. F you on the horse you rode in you, you fucking sucker. All right. Is, uh, God dang it, now I even forgot the freaking song name. Uh, start, I think it's start, start, Billy, I hate you. I haven't said anything. I know, that's why I hate you. <laughs> You know this is all going at the end. I absolutely know this is going on the end. And I hate you for it. So. Oh, so again. Good job, singer. Uh, Start a Fire by John. So here it is. <laughs> You're not even going to cut this crap out. You're just going to leave it there and make me look like a moron. What are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to lock my front door. Afraid of the, bo- afraid of the boogeyman? Yeah. Uh, it, 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 because it's a wood door, it has issues during the, uh, during the cold and the, the, the warm and the cold. Ah. Yeah. So. Sorry All about right, that. Beach. I like beer. <laughs>